From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Upstate Medical University launched a COVID-19 triage hotline back in March at the start of the pandemic. The triage line is staffed by healthcare professionals. It's free and open to the public by calling 315-464-3979. Today, I'm speaking with the co-directors of the hotline, Michelle Kaliva and Joey Angelina. Michelle is Administrative Director of the Upstate New York Poison Center, and Joey is Administrative Director of the Triage and Transfer Center. Welcome to HealthLink on Air, both of you. So, how many calls is your staff fielding on a daily basis? Michelle, let's start with you. We can get as many as 250 to 300 calls. So, roughly, we say between two and 300 during the course of a day. Now, what are the hours that the hotline operates when you say a day? Monday through Friday, the hotline is open from 8 a.m. until 9 p.m. On Saturdays, it is open from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. Okay. Thanks, Joey. Now, um, who are the people, I know it's healthcare professionals, but who are the people that are fielding the phone calls? So we have staff from across the campus, kind of an unusual situation when right now um, we have retirees, people that have worked at Upstate, who then retired, that have come back in a per diem capacity. Joey and I both have staff, staff from our own other departments that are staffing and helping out. We have nurses that are on light duty. We have public health educators. We have a really interesting um, group of, of professionals working this hotline. And of the phone calls that you're getting, are they, uh, where, where are they, where do they come from? Is it the whole, is it Onondaga County or is it broader than that? Joey? When the hotline was started in March, it was uh, developed as a regional hotline for the 18 county catchment area around Upstate University Hospital. And we've even received phone calls from out of state. Okay. So with anybody in the catchment area that has questions about testing, symptoms, the results, what they should do, they call the hotline and no matter where they are, even if they were outside of the 18 county area, we would definitely, you know, facilitate what they needed. Let's talk about the calls themselves. When this started in March, what are the what were the type of calls that you were getting way back at the beginning of all of this? What were those like, Michelle? So in March, there was a, a little bit of um, just confusion and even some degree of panic. So people were calling saying, what is this? What do we do to prevent it? Um, even as far as saying we've called our doctor's office and they don't know the answer, so they're having us call you. So in March, there was some real heightened angst and anxiety around this. And it was a lot of, again, tell us what the symptoms are. What do we do to avoid it? We dispelled an awful lot of myths back then um, and how it was transmitted or even, you know, kind of going through what some of the symptoms were. It's interesting because our callers were sort of ahead of the curve. They would call us with symptoms that wouldn't be on the list that the CDC had, had talked about, but Two weeks later, three weeks later, they were on the CDC's list. So our callers were provided great insight as to what was almost forecasting as to what was going to come down, you know, a month later. That's interesting. What are what are the main symptoms that are being reported? Do, I mean, because you some of the conversation you're talking to the callers about their symptoms. 
What what are the main symptoms that you hear about? Well, back in March, it started with the, with the main three, shortness of breath, a fever, and or a cough. That list has grown over the last nine, 10 months to be up to, you know, 15 or 16 different, different symptoms from the, the initial three to a headache, loss of taste, loss of smell, chills, a sore throat, muscle pain, any type of, of flu-like symptoms, so nausea, diarrhea, uh, any type of new lesion on the skin, whether it's a rash or a blister, um, you know, joint pain, muscle pain, general malaise. You know, it, it sounds a lot like the flu uh, when it comes to, to the symptomatic presentation. So at what point, if it, you know, if, as people are describing things like that, at what point do you tell them, you know, hey, you need to go to the hospital or, or does it ever get to that point? Oh, it does. And it did, especially early on, people would describe having difficulty breathing and we would connect with 911. And even as recently as, you know, last week, we've had callers that sound very, very ill and have needed to, um, you know, to get some medical attention. And we'll even facilitate them getting um in touch with a physician if they don't have one. Did have you had callers that are just um, panicking about this and need, uh, you know, need to be calmed down in some way or reassured? Does that happen? There, there definitely are those. There are those. The anxiety level has definitely risen again from where it was over the summer, with this, you know, new wave of of positive cases that we're having. But it's not, not every caller is, is at that level. We have, you know, especially the staff that work in our other departments that are able to take control of a call and give the caller what they need to, you know, hopefully relax some of their anxiety. And, and the unknown is, is what really is driving their behavior. With people that are describing symptoms, um, do you tell them that they need to be tested or that they should assume they're positive at this point? Um, what is what is the advice? If people are having symptoms or, or, or not, if they've been exposed to somebody that is symptomatic, we are recommending, we're giving them um, uh, all of the resources available where they can get tested. So we will absolutely let them know where they can get tested, how long the turnaround time is going to be, what to expect. We go through all of that. And many of our calls right now do reflect that. A lot, most of our callers right now are calling to say, I'm around somebody who's been sick. What do I need to do? And where do I get tested? But I interject a little bit about the, your previous question with a person who might be um, panicked or concerned. If somebody expresses real anxiety, we do connect them with a mental health provider within upstate. So we're able to do that in real time. So if somebody's in distress, we we take down their information, we reach out to our upstate colleagues and they are on it very, very quickly. So we've been able to provide that as well. Well, that's good to know. And it seems like all of the testing sites, there's been a lot of changes in um, location and days and times. And so it seems like this is really serving you know, a big need to have this phone number available. And I'll say it again, 315-464-3979.
This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Michelle Kaliva and Joey Angelina about Upstate's COVID-19 hotline, which has been in operation since March 2020. So I want to ask you, as the vaccine is becoming available, at least to healthcare workers now, but soon to the public, your team is likely to get a lot of questions about it. What sorts of questions are you anticipating? Michelle? We are, again, working with our Upstate colleagues and we're putting together resources and um, question and answer. And so we are up and ready um, and, and willing to handle all of those types of calls and questions. So we're actually gearing up for that. So there's no information in terms of where to go or how soon a person will be able to get a vaccine if someone calls? Not as, as of yet. Yeah, right. not as of yet. They're they're planning that. They're they're laying the, the groundwork for distribution based on how the state has dictated that the order of, of vaccination goes out. And they're they're working closely with you know other hospitals, other professionals so that it's it's rolled out according to the New York State plan. And we're already receiving phone calls from people on this hotline about the vaccine. And we do what we can to, to get the answer from the appropriate people at this time. Well, what can you tell us about the coronavirus virtual assistant? And I'll let our listeners know they can find this at the upstate.edu website by searching for coronavirus virtual assistant. The virtual assistant is the chatbot on the upstate website that asks a series of questions to the user that helps them decide whether or not they need to be tested or not. Okay. And that was put in place, I'm going to say late spring, uh, that was, was rolled out as a, another option for people that don't want to call the hotline. And there's, there's different types of, of, of people that need information. There's those that really want to talk to a live person, and there's those that are more technologically savvy that want to work through a chat bot and be told what to do. So it, it really is beneficial to have both options for those that don't really want to take the time to make a phone call. So you reach a broader population that way, it sounds like. Yes, and it cuts down on the call volume on, on the hotline for those that are able to work through the chatbot and get their answer that way. Well, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask each of you about your roles in your in your regular um, jobs. Um, Joey, as the director of Triage and Transfer Center, um, how has the pandemic impacted the Triage and Transfer Center? Triage and Transfer Center is a telehealth department where everything we do is also over the phone. So we have seen an increase in transfers into the organization at both campuses because of people needing a higher level of care or specialty service that we provide here at, at Upstate University Hospital. We also provide the employee hotline at the triage and transfer center for any employee that has questions about symptoms, testings, exposures, quarantines. That came into fruition in February and that call volume has increased unbelievably with, with providing the staff a, a private hotline themselves. And our triage calls, we have 
contracts with developmentally disabled group homes in 46 out of 62 counties in the state. And the group homes are being hit pretty hard with the pandemic too. So they call us for after hours nurse triage with the individuals that live in these group homes that are also sick with COVID and, and trying to manage their symptoms. So call volume across the department has risen exponentially since this began in March. And Michelle, what about over at the Poison Center? Are you seeing an increase in calls you think might be related in some way to the pandemic? We certainly are. Certainly um, our Poison Center, but also the Poison Centers across the country, sadly are seeing a, a bump in intentional overdoses. So there are um, more people um, not able to access the, the their their mental health support systems because, you know, things closed down, people are you know able to do some of it virtually, but not as extensively as they had been able to before. So those support systems are broken down. So yes, we are sadly seeing a bump in in intentional overdoses, and there's been a shift in the the age cohort. We're seeing a younger population, which is um, disconcerting to us. Um, we're seeing more of a teenage population. Again, I you know we're attributing it to at least we're postulating that it's related to some of the the decrease in socialization that's occurring. But in addition to that, we're seeing an increase in calls around cleaning products. And that's been a shift um, from the small children getting an accidental taste to adults being overzealous perhaps in, in using their Clorox and other cleaning products and foods being contaminated with Clorox spray and, and that type of thing. So it's been a very interesting um, shift in, in who we're getting calls from. And we've spent a lot of time talking about safe use of cleaning products. The other thing is that we're gearing up for uh, the vaccination. Uh, poison centers, again, across the country are seeing this as well, that people that if they're having or think they're having an adverse effect from the vaccine will be calling poison centers. That's a, you know, a reportable adverse effect. So we are gearing up for a bump in that call volume as well. That's good to know. Thank you to Michelle Kaliva and Joey Angelina, who co-direct the COVID-19 hotline. And that number again is 315-464-3979. This has been Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.